G'day team, hope you're bloody terrific. Welcome to uh, me and you. Of course, it's the You Project. If you've been living under a rock, uh, I have changed the format somewhat. We went seven days, we went five days a week. Now we're back to seven days a week. And uh, the typical operating system is a couple of these a week, these little kind of solo kind of mini coaching session kind of mini workshoppy, mini me sharing a thought, thinking out loud, often not particularly well prepared and never claiming to be an expert, but rather just providing some thought around something that fascinates me, something that I think is broadly uh, relevant to most of us most of the time. If it's not broadly relevant to us at this point in time, like the topic I'm about to talk about, then it definitely will be at some stage. So I want to talk about, I've spoken about health span versus lifespan before, and I'm probably not going to say anything that, or many things that you haven't heard before, but rather just to underline a few things that um, I'll explain why, but have been reinforced to me lately to be screamingly important that we think about this stuff now, whatever age you're at, not panic about it, not worry about it, but maybe uh, depending on how old you are and where you're at on your journey to think about it for you or for someone that you care about, um, maybe your friends, maybe your family member, but you know, maybe yourself. And so Lifespan, you know what lifespan is. Health span is how much of that lifespan, essentially, this is in layman's terms, how much of that lifespan we spend uh, well, that is physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, cognitively, that brain function well. So let's say somebody lives to 90. So they might live 88 of those years in a really relatively good place, pretty good physically, mentally, emotionally, as I said, cognitively. So, and maybe for the last two years, it's a bit messy and there's a bit of a decline and there's significant degeneration. But we would say that if they lived 88 of their 90 years on the big blue spinning ball hurtling through space and time in a pretty good place, 88 out of 90, you would say that is a magnificent health span. Versus somebody who doesn't have a great lifestyle, uh, perhaps, or you know, habits and behaviors or maybe great genetics or, or whatever it is, but for a range of reasons uh, from the age of, say, 60, they have health issues. They don't really optimize what they have to work with. They don't optimize their nutrition. They don't optimize their lifestyle, their choices, their behaviors, uh, their body by moving it, by lifting some weights, by being strong, by working on posture and bone density and function and all of those things that we have the option of doing. And let's say from 60 to 90, they also live to 90 via medication and medical intervention and lots of support. But really for the last 30 years and maybe especially the last 10, 15 years, their quality of life, because they were unwell for a long time, was very low. There wasn't a lot of joy. There wasn't a lot of function. They couldn't really optimize um, their life because their body and their mind and their function wasn't where it could have been had they behaved differently, then we would say that person had a short health span but a long lifespan. Short health span, life, long lifespan. Now, so, and by the way, no notes, I'm just thinking as I go, as is my way. So, 
Um, now, some of this, of course, health span and lifespan will be genetically influenced. I don't say determined, I say influenced, because genetics will always play a role in how long we live, in whether or not we're predisposed to get certain kinds of diseases um, at certain times. But we well and truly know that now that while genetics um, play a role in our health outcomes, our lifespan and our health span, we know that there's a much bigger percentage, maybe 70 to 80. We don't really know. But we think maybe somewhere up around 80% of the kind of results that we produce, the kind of outcomes and our health span and lifespan, maybe about 80%, give or take of that, is dependent on our behavior, our choices, uh, what we do with what we've got, how we eat, how we move, how we sleep, how we manage our mind, how we keep learning, how we keep challenging ourselves, how we keep using our brain, how we keep... Uh, staying physically, mentally, emotionally stimulated and socially connected and all of those things that we now know are significant contributors to health. So the underlying question, so the question that I ask me all the time is, well, there's a few. And these are truly questions that I have asked myself, me, myself all of me, <laughs> all nine of me, uh, I've asked myself many times. And the question, the main question is essentially, how do I keep me working as well as I can for as long as I can. It's not about vanity. It's not about ego. It's about living well. It's about function. It's about happiness. It's about being in minimal or no pain. It's about optimizing what I have to work with. And so what I do, and I've done for many years, I recognized when I was young that I didn't have awesome genetics. I'm glad for the genetics that I've got, but I didn't have you know, superstar genetics. So very predisposed to gaining fat. We know that lots of Conditions and diseases are associated with obesity. No judgment on anyone who's carrying weight. We, I'm just talking about data. We, that's ev that's science. We know that there's evidence around that, that, that um, me, for example, weighing 85 kilos now versus, let's say, a 120 kilo version of me, the same bloke, but carrying 35 more kilos than I currently do, that is definitely going to produce wor worse outcomes, health outcomes than me being my current weight. So that's not that's not a stab in the dark. That's that's a fact, right? So I've always asked myself things like, how do I be as strong as I can for as long as I can? How often do I need to exercise? How often do I need to be in the gym? What sort of training should I do? How do I recover optimally? Should I take any supplements? What supplements should I take? How much water do I need to drink? My body's about 70% water. What's about the right amount of water for me? And of course, the answer to all of these questions is unique to you and me, the individuals. And not only is it unique to me and you and different to me and you, the answers, because I'm not you and you're not me, but also the answers will vary day to day depending on what I'm doing. So I don't need the same amount of water every day because I'm not doing the same thing every day in the same climate every day and sweating the same amount every day or using the same amount of water every day. So just like I'm not expending the same amount of calories every day because I do different stuff. So because my caloric expenditure varies day to day, then my caloric requirements can also vary, will also vary day to day. This, you don't need to be a scientist for this Obviously, you know, if you're sitting on your ass all day versus being active all day, you're going to need more calories. You don't need a PhD in that, right? 
And so understanding how our body works is fucking crucial. Listening to our body is fucking crucial. Not overeating is crucial. Not medicating with food, not spending our life on the couch, not um, not self-sabotaging with behaviours and choices which are at odds with who and how we want to be. So what is the ideal amount of sleep for me? And again, that varies. I know that in general terms, like for me, for example, I know that in general terms, for me, I need about eight hours sleep. And that's very cliche because that's kind of the number that everybody wheels out. But in truth, some people need five or six, not many. Uh, quite a Probably a few more need somewhere between six and eight. And some people need as much as 10 hours, maybe even the odd person, 11 hours. And it's not because they're broken or bad. That's just their body. They need you know eight, nine, 10 hours. Some people to just get back to, I'm ready to go. And that's just individual variability. So I believe that my job and your job, firstly, your job is to manage you. If you want a long health span, nobody can give you that. Nobody can do the work for you. Nobody can make great decisions for you. Yeah, sure, you can have a dietitian, you can have a coach, you can have a mentor, you can have a doctor, you can have a whole fucking team around you, but ultimately you are the creator of your own reality. Physical, mental, emotional. You are the creator of that long health span that you want. Like I said, there's a genetic component, but much bigger than the genetic component is the you component, which is you, the decision maker, you, the action taker, you, the author of your own story, you, the creator of your own reality, and you, the designer of your lifestyle habits and behaviors, right? And so it's you've got one body. Now you need to figure out how well you're going to treat that body. You need to figure out how smart you're going to be with that body. You know, I turned 60 the other day. Fucking hell. I turned 60. And um, it dawned on me, and, and I don't mean anything other than what I'm saying. Don't read into what I'm about to say anything other than what I'm intending, is that it dawned on me at 60, there is a huge variability of health, fitness, shape, size, weight, and uh, function at 60, a much greater variance and a much greater span than at 30. So if we get a bunch of 30-year-olds, let's get 100 random 30-year-olds in a room, you know, of course, we'll have different shapes and sizes and weights, but but probably the health state will be closer, close-ish, because there's only been 30 years of living. But when we extrapolate that, we double that life, and now we go, all right, 60. I mean, there are 60-year-olds that look 90. There are 60-year-olds that look and feel and function 40. And by the way, it's not about vanity or ego or appearance. It's about function. And, and you know, while I don't have a great body and I'm not Superman and I don't have great genetics, I'm really fucking glad that I never smoked. I'm really glad that I don't do drugs. I'm really glad that I didn't pick up a glass of booze because I probably would have been a world champion drinker. I'm really glad that I figured out how my body works and I'm really glad that I eat two meals a day and I'm really glad that I've created the habit and the operating system of, of stimulating my body every day. 
even as I'm recording this podcast, I'm standing because I know that standing is better for my health. It's better for my neck. It's better for my shoulders. It's better for my spine. It's better for my hips, my hip flexors. It's better for my mobility. And so I'm doing as many as I can. I'm doing um, podcast standing. I'm doing as much work through the day standing. Why? Because it's going to improve my health span and my function. So I don't know how long I'll live. I don't know how long I'll be healthy. But what I do know is that I am in control of what I do to my body and for my body every day, as are you. So thinking about, for you, thinking about how do you how do you optimize that body of yours? How do you optimize your physical health? How do you optimize your mental and emotional health? What do you know? Like, what what is the feedback? What is the data? When do you feel stressed? When do you feel anxious? When are you what what are the correlates to that? I know, for example, for me, if I am underslept, I'm more likely to be anxious. I'm more likely to have low level anxiety. I'm more likely to overthink. If I have underslept, I'm more likely to make bad decisions and I'm probably a worse person to be around. If I'm underslept or I'm underhydrated, I'm dehydrated, then my brain doesn't work as well. Cognitive function, my brain is 90% water. Of course, if I'm dehydrated, there will be cognitive decline. This is not magical or mystical. This is science. So here's an idea, Harp, stay hydrated. Here's an idea, sleep as well as you can. Easier said than done. How do I optimize my physical health about all of those things I spoke about before? One of the reasons, not all of the reasons, but one of the reasons that I'm still at university and still studying at 60 is because I want my brain to work as well as it can, my mind to work as well as it can for as long as possible, not because I want to be a freak or special or not because I am special, but because I've got one life, I want to live optimally. I've got one brain. I want to do the best I can with it. I've got one mind. I've got one body. Um, I've got one emotional system. All of that stuff is what I have to work with. I can't change that, but I can change what I do with it. I can change how I manage my emotions. I can change the things that will influence my cognitive function. I can do things that improve me. I can make decisions I can create an operating system. I can build habits that I immerse myself in. And so rather than, I, I reckon I probably would have died somewhere between 60 and 70 if I had have just done a regular kind of approach to life. Because I don't think I, I would have, I have the genetics that naturally would have led me to living till 90 to 100. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know my mum and dad are in their 80s um, and um, they are still here, thankfully, but, you know, they've both had heart attacks. Mum's had cancer three times. Um, there's been dad's di died multiple times on the operating table when he uh, had his heart attack. You know, it's like they are here not because they have great genetics. They have okay genetics, but they are here mainly because of medicine and medical intervention. So I don't know. I Who knows? I don't know. But what I do know is that I can't get another crack at it. I can't get another body. I can't go get a new brain. And sadly, sadly, many people that I have observed, many people that I've interacted with, connected with, and even trained over the years 
have, and there's no judgment or criticism in this, only compassion and awareness, they've waited until there was a major problem before they started to optimize what they had to work with. I just spent uh, four days with my folks. As some of you know, I had to go do some work in Queensland. I took them with me and I love my mum and dad more than anyone in the world and more than anything in the world. And um, I, I don't want to say anything too much other than it dawned on me when I was with my mum and dad who are both 84-ish. It dawned on me how important it is to stay strong apart from all of the other stuff. I am, this is going to sound strange, but I am imploring you. If you are 50 or older and you don't do strength training, and I mean proper strength training, I don't necessarily mean in a gym or necessarily with dumbbells and barbells, but but real work that is strengthening your body. Now, whether or not that's Pilates or whatever is fine, but as long as there's progression, whether or not it's body weight, that's fine, or it's in a gym with dumbbells, barbells, machines, cables, whatever, but something that is appropriate for you that will help you stay physically strong. I am biased. I put up my hands. I recognize and acknowledge my bias. I am biased because I've been lifting weights for nearly 50 years, probably 46 years, but I know that. I know that. If everything else is a constant, if we've got two 60-year-olds and they've done everything the same, let's say genetic twi- uh, identical twins, and they've both done the exact same thing for 60 years, but one is strength trained, even if they took it up late. The one who strength trains, the one who lifts weights, the one who stimulates their muscles will not only be better physiologically, stronger, more function, more flexibility, more range of movement. They will also be better cognitively because we know that strength training is cognitively enhancing. Everything else being equal. I encourage you, implore you to step into the doing now. Is it inconvenient? Yes, it is. Is it fun? No, it's not always. Will there be peaks and troughs? Will you go through periods of motivation and no motivation? Yes, you will. Sometimes the hard thing is the right thing. It's the best thing. It's the transformational thing. It's the fucking thing that will light your brain and your body and your life on fire. Don't wait for the right time. Don't wait to be inspired. Don't wait for a cheer squad. Don't wait for an invitation. Step into the doing. See you tomorrow.